0: Have fun. Ooh, look at all these babies. All right, guys, we're going to start tonight with our Bible study. We'll conclude with our time of prayer and our prayer sheets and everything. So we're going to begin uh, with our Bible study tonight. So if you have your Bible study notes, pull those out. If you don't, Dennis is right back here. He's got one for you. Just raise your hand and he will bring you. Glenda, how long have you been coming to Grace Baptist Church? Not kidding. <laughs> Longer than me, amen. Long, yeah. Oh, we ran out. I'm sorry, Glenda, I apologize. I don't see how that's possible. I must have been mistaken, but it's hard to believe. Amen, Alicia. Amen, turn your, book, uh, your Bible to the uh, book of Philippians. Uh, we've been in a little Bible study series on uh, Wednesday nights. We've called it The Good Life, and we're really talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what, what we're focusing in on. Fruit's got two qualities that we've talked about, right? Generally speaking, fruit tastes good to you, and it's good for you, right? And that's what we want to be as believers, kind of like fruit. We want to taste good and be good for others, right, And the life of others. And God wants our lives to be like that. Right? He wants us to live lives that will be good for us, good to us, and good for others, and good to others. Now, look, look at your notes. Galatians 5, verse 22, before we get to our main text But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Again, I want you to notice this is fruit singular, right? Fruit singular. The fruit of the Spirit, the result of the Spirit is going to be these things we're talking about over these uh, several weeks. Uh, It's not peace. We're going to talk about peace tonight, but it's not a peace that exists uh, outside of us. It's a Peace that exists inside of us. Uh, It's not external, it's internal. It's the calmness of the spirit. That's what we mean when we talk about peace in the Word of God. It's the calmness of the Spirit, right? Even when everything is raging on the outside, we have that calmness of the Spirit. Uh, Amazingly, you think that people are rich and famous. I have a lot of peace, right? Yeah, I know. And so, but listen. Most of the rich and famous people that you know, do they seem to have peace and those kind of, it just doesn't. We think that if we have things, if we have money, if I get that next promotion, get that next job, if I take that next step, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have peace, right? When I, when I graduate high school, when I graduate college, when I get past this next thing, then I'm going to be happy. But that's not what God's word uh, teaches us at all. Right, Most of the things that the world has to offer it gives us anything but inner peace. Right, Nothing else, inner insecurity. Um, you would think, though, I don't know about you, you would think, though, that once you get right with God, once you uh, receive the Creator of the universe as your Lord and Savior, that that peace would just be automatic. Wouldn't that be nice? Just automatic, like the, the air conditioning just cuts on automatically. But it's not the case, is it? It's not true. That as believers we don't just automatically have the peace of god all the time when the storms are raging and the fires blazing that we're just serene like a monk on top of some mountain in tibet somewhere it doesn't always happen right we got three peace robbers in our lives three things that can suck the peace out of our lives and you might want to write these down they're not in your notes look at this next slide we've got pressures pressures from the outside deadlines to meet projects to finish bills to pay We've got problems, unexpected illnesses, family members who are sick or hurting, problems, right? Um, Your computer crashes, problems. And finally, people. Now, were you surprised to find people on that list? Not me. A prodigal child, an abusive spouse, a critical church member, and all of a sudden, your level of peace goes from ear to boo, right? No peace at all. Now, another one that I didn't list, another big robber, a thief of peace, is worry. Worry. A lot of us worry a lot, right? Uh, everybody worries some, but guys, some of you worry all the time. Matter of fact, some of you worry about things so much that when you catch yourself not worrying, it makes you worried. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I'm not worried about anything. I must be missing something. Something bad's going to happen because I'm not worried about it. When, the truth is, when I worry and don't have peace, um, it, 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 it affects every area of my life, right? When I, don't ha- when I worry, I don't have peace. When I don't worry, I do have peace. When I have peace, I don't worry. So tonight we're going to learn from a guy who had incredible, extreme, difficult circumstances. And more than likely, whatever your situation is tonight, the guy that we're going to talk about tonight, you wouldn't trade places with him, right? You, maybe there's a lot of people you would trade places with, but you're not going to trade places with this guy, right? And he's going to talk about peace, man, this extreme peace, and ultimately how it's the confidence that God can relieve all your pressures, that God is above all your problems, and God knows all about them people that are getting on your last nerve, okay? Peace, it's simple. Look at this next slide. Write this down. When we give God our worries, he gives us his peace. This peace that we're talking about, again, isn't some Hippy, translucent just state of mind and everything's falling apart, but you don't care. That's called medication Okay <laughs> That's not the peace from God That's not what we're talking about But when we surrender our worries to God, he gives us his peace now I want to keep again the background. This is the apostle Paul Okay, Paul did not write these words on a beach in Maui, you know eating pineapples and drinking virgin pina coladas soaking up the sun. He's actually in a dungeon in Rome. He's chained up to another man, a soldier, 24 hours a day. He wakes up every day thinking today could be the last day of my life. Very real possibility for Paul. Every day can be my last day. They're going to kill me today. And yet he had peace. How did he do it? Look in your Bible, Philippians chapter four and verse number four. He just right out the gate rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice i'm gonna pause right there just for a nanosecond this isn't part of your bible study you know why some people don't have peace because they don't rejoice you know why they don't rejoice because they don't worship they don't worship all right verse five let your gentleness be known to all men is that what people know the gentleness of the lord they know that gentleness or that you're just the toughest guy in the shop let your gentleness be known to all men the lord is at hand Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a kind of peace that if you have it, you don't even, it's beyond your understanding and my ability to describe. So how do we have this peace? Number one, write this down. Well, first of all, we've got to rejoice. Now, I understand if you brought some worries and problems and pressures and some people with you tonight that are wearing you out, that first word, rejoice, it might seem like a sick joke. Like rejoice, right? Uh, But I promise you again that whatever you're facing doesn't compare to what the Apostle Paul was facing. Uh, At least you're free to go, come and go. He wasn't. At least you can eat what you want. He couldn't, right? He's thinking every single day is his last. You, You don't know what tomorrow brings, but you're pretty confident tomorrow's is going to come and go, just like this one. Um, and so we've already talked about, in the Bible study, we talked about joy and how joy and circumstances aren't necessarily interrelated, right? They don't necessarily go together. Uh, but joy and peace goes together. And when we rejoice and we have the joy of the Lord, again, let me clarify this, not being a giddy idiot, a giddy idiot, amen? That's one of my favorite words we made up. Giddy not not behaving like, everything's fine and everything's not. Okay, but the joy of the Lord, that security, that peace uh, that comes from God, that whenever you're facing a difficult circumstance, you're not doing it alone. Uh, If you don't have joy, you aren't going to have peace. And if you aren't full of peace, you're not going to have the joy, fruit of the Spirit, singular. These all go together. Now, why? He says, rejoice. And I say again, rejoice. Why do you think he repeated himself? He said it twice. Uh, it's hard to rejoice when the pressures are great, when the problems are big and the people just don't stop and they're mean. Right. That's why you've got to rejoice in the Lord. You can't rejoice in the pressures and the problems and some people you rejoice. He says rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in your problems, not rejoice in your pressures, not to rejoice in people. Right. Your joy is found in somebody else. Your peace is found in somebody else. It's found in God. We rejoice in in the Lord. Listen, you've got great pressures. You've got a great God. You've got big problems. You've got a big God, right? Uh, People are mean. God is not. He's better, bigger, stronger, more loving than your problems. You can't rejoice in the Lord unless a couple things. Look at this next line. You got to know the Lord and you got to be right with the Lord. That's when you have that peace, joy. First, you've got to know them. If you don't know them, you're never going to be secure in that relationship because you don't have one. But when you know the Lord, you also have to be right with them, be in fellowship with them, not letting sin overcome your life, having all these issues, right? It's one of the reasons why people try to do anything they can in the world to find peace because these things uh, won't do it and only God will do it. And we have to turn to God to do it. Pills and possessions and pleasures will not satisfy you. They haven't yet. God will. God will. Look at this next slide. Augustine was right. He said this. He said, the heart is restless and it will not rest until it finds its rest in God. And that's the truth. You won't have peace. You're not going to find peace in this world apart from God. Now, don't misunderstand what Paul is saying in this text. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying about what we're looking at tonight. You cannot always rejoice in your circumstances. God doesn't expect you to. Things hurt. People, let me use a Greek word, suck. Right? <laughs> you look it up. You're, it's not something to, re, that's not something to be happy about when things are bad, when things are hard. We're not rejoicing in those things and, and, uh, and looking for our joy in those things, but again, we can find it in the greatness of God, the goodness of God, and the grace of God. We can always rejoice in God. Even when the x-rays come back bad, even when the MRI doesn't show what we want, even when the, the whatever's going on at work or in the family doesn't turn out the way we want it to, I may not be able to rejoice in my mean husband, but I can rejoice in the Lord. Does that make sense? Say amen. amen. Number two, write this down. Relax. Woo! I've already stepped on so many toes tonight. Rejoice and relax. We're just now moving on. Who's hearing that song? Relax, don't do it. Raise your hand. Of old people, amen, amen. Now the mid-old people, right? Mid-old. There's people older than y'all here, amen. They've already mastered this one, okay? Relax. Look at Philippians chapter four and verse number five. He says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand, right? Um, those last, the Lord is at hand. Um, there is, um, those words right there should always bring you comfort. If you want to memorize scripture that can, when anxiety comes and tries to steal your joy, comes and tries to steal your peace, you want to memorize, just remember the Lord is near. The Lord is at hand, right? Whenever things aren't going your way, whenever that boss is being like they are, whenever that spouse is being, whenever the pressure's in your child and this and that, just remember the Lord is at hand. He's not always going to tarry. He's near. He's not far. Psalm 73 verse 28 says this. But as for me, God's presence is my good. Can you say that tonight? Isn't that good? As for me, God's presence is, oh man. Okay. I'm going to move on. He said, I have made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell uh, about all you do. I just love that verse. But as for me, God's presence is my good. God said to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 41, 10, and he said, do not fear. Why? Because I'm with you, man. Right? What are you worried about? What are you so scared of? Why are you so anxious? Why are you worrying about tomorrow? I'm with you. I've got this. Right? Would it make any difference at all in your life, in your anxiety, in your worry, in your lack of peace, if you felt like God was sitting right beside you through the whole thing? And the truth is, if you're a believer, you've got it better than God sitting beside you through the whole thing. He's in you. You've got the Holy Spirit of God, and he's not passive. It's not like the Holy Spirit's just like in you, not doing anything. The Holy Spirit of God is in you, and he's working, and he's moving, and he's guiding, and he's correcting, and he's prodding, and he's pushing, right? You can depend upon the Holy Spirit of God that he has given you. Jesus said, you know, don't be afraid, because if I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But guess what? I'm sending you a helper. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. God is with you. Whatever pressures you face, whatever problems you have, whatever people you've got to deal with, God is closer to you than you could ever imagine. What robs us of our peace ultimately is when we focus on our problems and we lose focus on God, right? That's ultimately every time we're worried, every time we're anxious, every time that we, we just don't have any peace, ultimately what that means is we're putting our focus on something else other than our great God. And I like what that verse says. It says, uh, "gentleness, uh, gentleness." Right um, in verse five, and let your gentleness be known to all men. I just love. It means easy going. Let the fact that you're easy going be known to all men. Right? You won't be anxious. You won't be nervous. You'll be relaxed because God is with you. God is in control. God is in charge, and there's no reason. Especially if you're like me, I like to get things done. Anybody in here like to get things done? Right? and That brings with it its own drive and its own problems. And when we're those type of people, we like to get things done and make it happen. And we've got that motor in us just going, do do, 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 Right? Sometimes we're not known for all of us. Just raise your hand. You're not known for your gentleness. Because one of the biggest mistakes that I've ever had in the ministry, sometimes when I feel like God has given me a vision or a plan, I accidentally run people over in my hurry to do what I think God wants us to. Does that make sense? And you just plowing people down on your way to whatever God has called you to do. Meanwhile, there's a body count behind you, people that are hurting, people that, that you miss. Does that make sense? And so all of us people that are really driven, uh, I think we need to focus I'm talk preaching to Marcus here a little bit. and uh, that's my name, by the way, Marcus, hi everybody? Um, and my wife is not that woman. Y'all remember last week? Her name is Alicia, and I know it because she told me. <laughs> twice. <laughs> But listen, a lot of times when we're those people who like to get things done, though, sometimes we, we get things done, but we do it on our own. And we forget to bring anybody along with us. We're better together. Does that make sense? We're better together. Look at this next slide. Peace is not the absence of difficulties. It's the presence of God. And when we realize that, we think that when everything's going right, when finally the paycheck is enough, the bills are small enough, when I have that car, when I have that truck, when I've got that boat, I have that thing, I can check this off. I've reached this pay scale. I've got a house with this many rooms, and, and I got Joanna Gaines throwing shiplap on everything. And finally, I'm going to have the peace of God. It's not going to happen. And again, like what you said a moment ago, it hasn't happened yet, has it? it hasn't happened yet. It's not the absence of problems. It's just God's presence that's peace. If you want your heart filled with peace and quiet, ah, oh, you got to relax and trust God. Number three, third thing is this: release. This is a tough night for all of our control freaks here in this sanctuary. How many times I put this in my notes so I wouldn't forget to. <laughs> How many, (laughs) how many times has somebody told you, "Don't worry," and it worked? (laughs) Okay, we had a Sunday service. uh, You know, we have a an early service, an eight a.m. service, and, and it was just one Sunday we came in. Nothing worked in the whole church. Nothing electronic, nothing digital, the computers, the live stream, the soundboard, the video, the, nothing in the whole church worked, right? And, and it was just, only people here was me, Scott, Marcus, Alicia, and the Lord, okay? And nothing was working. Andrew Skaggs was trying to be at the SEC tournament. I got him on the phone. I got this work ahead everything spread out there, and it wouldn't work. And then we set everything up. Then the internet went out again, and we had to reset. It was terrible. And we finally get started. Now you realize we've got two services. We got to start that eight o'clock service on time, or the whole day gets out of whack, right? And we value, I'm gonna be honest. We value your time, right? We're not. We want to make the most use of our time. We don't want it to go on forever, and because um, we want you to come back. And so, <laughs> you know. You know, preacher, I think you ought to preach for an hour and a half. It would be just me and you for 30 minutes, amen? <laughs> That'd be it. But listen, and so it's like 8.05, and we're finally getting started, and then the, video, the, 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 the soundboard wasn't working. No sound at all. And, like, and finally we get there. And I stepped out, and Thomas Leach had security out there, just ready to whoop somebody <laughs> that acted up. And then Judy was out there, and she's like, and I come. I had to get a drink of water, right? I had to just get away from the sanctuary and get a drink. I'm stressed, y'all. And, and when, when we're stressed, we're full of ourselves and we're not full of Jesus. Does that make sense? And so I go get a drink of water. And I, Hey, is everything okay? And I'm like, everything's okay. And then Judy says, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I looked at Judy and I said, <laughs> <laughs> and so I come in and Thomas went straight into the prayer room. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to go pray. Preacher needs it bad today. I'm going to tell you right now. Woo. Listen, <laughs> whenever we're not controlled by the spirit of God, when we're not in sync with God, we're not, uh, and we're allowing ourselves to get stressed and anxious and worked up and just da-da-da-da-da-da, that's how we know that we're not in tune with God. God's presence brings peace, not anxiety and, and uh, stress and all of those things uh, that it brings. And so we need to let some things Go flip it. Look at verse six. He says, be anxious for nothing. Well, well, thanks, Paul. <laughs> Sound like Judy out there in the foyer. Amen. <laughs> okay. Look at the rest of verse six. Go to that next slide. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. So how are we going to do it? By prayer and supplication. Thank you, Thomas. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here's what he says. Look at the next slide. He says, worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. That's the key. Just don't worry about anything, but give everything to God. It sounds like a cliche, but it's true. The one thing that really does work every time is prayer. And Paul here is living in reality. Chains, dungeon, imminent death, execution. Right. And if there's one thing the Romans were good at, that's killing people. What I mean is it was terrible. And so this is what he's facing every day. And he's sitting here saying, hey, man, don't worry about anything, but just pray about everything. It's not that, again, we, we don't pretend that everything's okay, right? We don't pretend there aren't difficult people in our lives. We don't pretend that there's not pressures that are facing us at work tomorrow. We don't, we don't pretend that we don't have problems. But every time we focus on those, we make a choice. We can choose to carry the pressure, the problems, and the people ourselves, or we can give it to God. And I promise you that if you spend time in prayer... And you give it to God, you'll have peace. Now maybe you've tried it and it didn't work. Well, that means you didn't try it. Either you didn't pray or when you prayed, you didn't give it up. Sometimes giving something up takes longer than praying for supper. Sometimes you got to pray like 20 times throughout the day. Right? But when you get there, you know that you got there. Right? When you release it, when you really give it to God, when that happens... You know it, and you have that peace. Give it to God. Every time something hits you that causes you to worry, raise your anxiety level, give it to God. It's almost like anxiety, stress, worry, a lack of peace is God's like, engraved invitation to come and pray. It's like God is calling you. And it's wonderful, actually, because when you do have that stress, that worry, and that anxiety, and it's your, your stomach's knotted up, it means that you're not walking in fellowship with God like you should, because you're taking something on yourself that was never yours to take. And it's like he's calling you, man. He's saying, come on, give it to me, let's pray. Every time something happens, you can give it to God. It's an invitation from God to pray. Prayer is the pathway to peace. But again, it's going to take longer than praying for your food. And again, maybe you've tried it and it didn't work. You just didn't do it. Look at 1 Peter 5, verse 7. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Just like every other place in the Bible where all means all, all. All your cares. He loves you. You can dump it on him. Do you have a husband that doesn't like listening to all your problems? Put your hand down. (laughs) That's not God. That's never God. Right? You can cast all your cares upon Him because he, your husband cares too. He's just wired different, okay? Let me ask you three basic questions. Look at this next slide. Tonight, do you believe that God loves you and cares about your problems? Do you really believe that? I mean, like, God loves me, God cares. Look at this next slide. Do you believe that God is powerful enough to handle all of your problems? Like, really, He loves me, He cares about me, he is powerful enough to handle this. And look at the next one. Do you believe God has a purpose? You believe that God wants to grow you through your problems? There's a reason that you're going through what you're going through. There's a purpose that you're going through, what you're going through, these pressures and these problems and these people, that God's not going to waste that as an opportunity to shape you and mold you into who He's calling you to be. Right? The way you apply that in your life is by giving him everything that's robbing your peace. And don't miss this. Also, that verse says, with thanksgiving. It says, with thanksgiving. You know, give him everything and to do it with thanksgiving. You know, what are you thankful for? They've got problems and pressures and people, but what are you thankful for? For every person that's a problem, man, there's a dozen that ain't. But we tend to highlight the problem people. Does that make sense? Right? You forget about the ten co-workers that are great, and you only remember the one that ruined your day. What are we thankful for? At the very least, we can be thankful that God loves us enough to care about our problems. We can be thankful that God is powerful enough to handle our problems, and that God is going to grow you even through those people and those situations that he puts you in. You know when we tend to thank God? We tend to thank God when everything's good, when everything's right, when everything's coasting right? And, I, and we only do that for a little while. That's only if we've had a hard time. If we've had a hard time and everything gets good, we're like, oh, God, thank you for this and thank you for that. But then when good becomes normal, we forget to thank God, right? But we definitely forget to thank God for all of his blessings when we're going through a hard time because we get caught up. We fill ourselves up with what's wrong and we lose sight of everything that's right. And we forget how much God loves us, even though the cross is proof. It's, it's, All we would ever need to know about whether or not God loves us is found at Calvary. God, why am I going through this? I thought you loved me. He does. He did everything that you need. Now, the last one, number four, write this down rest, rest. Again, all of our control freaks are having a hard time tonight. I'm sorry. Verse 7, look at verse 7 in your Bible. It says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God's peace will literally guard you and protect you from worry and anxiety. It's so real and so strong that you won't even understand it yourself and other people in your life won't understand it. You're going to have peace with God. Look at Romans 5 verse 1. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the key. When you've got peace with God, you've got that relationship right. right? When you've got peace with God, you can have the peace of God. And when you've got the peace of God, that will affect how you face every problem, every pressure, and every person. When you've got the peace of God. No matter what comes your way, no matter how strong or how difficult or how long, you can find rest in God. And it all begins with surrender. Amen?